Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's time for the Scores Bull Season Preview Special. Presented by BetMGM, Remy Martin, and Tasty Trade. And now your hosts, Chuck Swirsky, Bill Whittington, Alyssa Bergamini, and Gabe Ramirez. On Sports Radio 670 The Score. Official radio home of the Bulls. And always live on the free Odyssey app. The 2023 season is upon us, and we have the pleasure of listening to the trio that will be gracing the radio station each and every game here on 670. The score, Chuck Swirsky, Bill Wennington, Alyssa Bergamini. This is the Bulls season preview show presented by BetMGM, Remy Martin, Tasty Trade. We're hanging out till 9 o'clock. We got Will Purdue hanging out with us in the 7 o'clock hour, but more importantly, guys, I'm, uh, I'm excited for you guys to be here. We got Bill with the shades on. He wears his sunglasses at night, which I appreciate. I'll be tweeting out the picture that I just took of Bill. Okay, make sure you follow this on Twitter. <laughs> it's uh, too good now. <laughs> that it is. Uh, but Chuck just tweeted out a nice little group shot of us. You yes, know? thank you. Got to let people know I, we're here. Gabe, yeah, I got a question. Oh, I love this. Yeah, I've been working <laughs> with Bill now. We're going on our 16th year. Okay. I have never seen him wear shades inside. Ever? Ever. You you don't wear shades. You strike me as a shades inside kind of a guy, you know? Nope. I, I usually don't. I never do, actually. This is the first time. They I've were just there. I've never seen this look either. And they're, uh, they were just there. So I said, you know what? I'll put them on. I said, actually, they're actually kind of cool. Oh, oh. Like, oh okay. Oh, they're prescription glasses. Yes, yeah, so and they're just, uh, they got, okay. so I was like, you know, the lights are kind of bright in here, you know, and reflecting off my head. So it's kind you of You look blinding. very Hollywood. Really? You had to go there? I thought it was. I said uh, my head. I thought it was an indication of just how you're feeling about this Bulls team. Cool, calm, collected, ready for the new season. I mean, is that is that is that is that what it is? That's the indicator right there. That's that, how you feel about the Bulls. That's that is the way I feel about the Bulls. It's uh, I'm excited for the season to get going. Uh, obviously, I'm 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 going to be honest. I'm not a big preseason guy. Okay, I've never put a lot of stock into it. Uh, you know, last year the Bulls were three and one. Two years ago they were four and zero. Oh. It's the purpose of preseason is so coaches can get an idea of how things are going and what the flow is going to be and and maybe try some new. Uh, guys on the floor together, different combinations of players. And I think Billy was able to get a good idea of what's going on. What I didn't like is, you know, obviously when you have Alex Grusso miss a couple games because he's hurt. Uh, Zach Levine was sick for the last game. And uh, uh, Drummond missed the last game, personal reasons. You don't like to see that because you, you really want to get a feel for, for what's going on, especially in the last preseason game because that's probably the one that's really most like your home opener, sure. but it's it's 
it's a way for the coaches to kind of get a good feel for the players, how they've developed over the summer, what they've done. And it's, it's a, a way for the players who maybe last year had a, a role they weren't happy with, and maybe they want to increase that role a little bit. So it's a, it's a way for them to grow. See that. Chuck, you, you see a, lot, a couple of new faces on this Bulls team. Uh, preseason gives them the opportunity to kind of create some continuity and some, some familiarity with the team. What can you say about the, the, the newest additions to the Chicago Bulls? Well, I'm going to use a line that uh, Butch Carter, the former head coach of the Raptors, told me my first year in the NBA. And we're having a lunch in Toronto. And he goes, you know what, Chuck? There are two types of players. There are players and then there are winning players. And I said, Butch, what are, we, what are you talking about? He goes, winning players find measures, methods, and ways of making themselves better, more importantly, making teammates better. We've seen that already in preseason ball. I think Alyssa and Bill and myself mm-hmm. will agree that Tory Craig is a veteran winning player. Javon Carter is a winning style player. Very tough, very tenacious on the defensive end. So I'm very encouraged by these two pickups. But there's a, a metaphor, and I'm going to use this, and it's called straighten your crown. Okay? okay. And what it means is, that there are impending challenges. It's very inspirational. Straighten your crown. And so when I, when I think of this, I think of impending challenges for the Bulls. And, you know, they have a new offense. They want to shoot threes. They want to push the ball up the floor. They want to have ball penetration deep in the paint. So then when there's a crowd, they can throw the ball to the corner or the elbow. Okay? That's what they want to accomplish because they were last in the NBA, in attempts made, and also threes made. And that's got to change because the way this game has gone over the last, really, five to seven years, where every team now is shooting threes, not seven or eight or (laughs) ten. So what I'm saying is that, you know, Billy Donovan and Arturis Karnaschovas made a point at their press conferences saying, listen, Nikola Vucevic, DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, all had really good seasons, and they did. DeMar had his 10th straight, 20-plus season. Levine played in 77 of the Raptors, rather, of the Bulls, 80 games. And then you had, you know, um, Vooch played 82 and averaged a double-double. But they finished 24th in offense efficiency. So that's why they had to tweak this offense, right? Yeah. I mean, it's most certainly something that they had to do, and you have seen it early and often. You've seen... Kobe White be extremely aggressive getting to the hole and then kicking it out in certain instances. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see. And Alyssa, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, when you cover this team coming into season, I know your prep work is is unmatched. I know you're you're going deep, doing deep dives, finding out what what are some interesting storylines you're excited about with this Bulls team uh, in this upcoming season, things you're looking forward to. I'm excited to see Kobe White flourish. And I feel like we've seen that through the first uh, five preseason games, it seems like just from media day, I was at media day and um, he even said that he wanted to get back to his roots. So he seemed very confident. Like you said, cool, calm, collective, just like our guy, Bill. So I'm excited to see how he will step up if he does earn this spot as the point guard, which I feel like we can all probably say that probably will be um, his, his to take. So just to see him as a player, grow and see what he can do in terms of being aggressive on the floor and not that he's a a young player but he's had some years under his belt now so 
um, see how he could really Im- improve on the court and just as a player off the court. She's Lissa Bergamini here with Chuck Swirsky, Bill Wennington, the Bulls crew for the Bulls season preview show. I'm Gabe Ramirez. Bill, uh, speaking of Kobe White, you know, he's played with a, a lot of point guards that are true point guards, right? You think about like Thomas Sadoransky, even last year with Pat Bev. So he's been able to see some guys and how they operate. What is that like as a player? Like how much are, are guys really getting from other teammates and that's because we as fans or you know people that are watching the game we try to say oh yeah you need that veteran presence or you need someone that you can look for but how much is a guy really you know able to take from somebody else when they're when they're playing with him and practicing all the time Gabe that's a phenomenal question and because you can learn a lot if you're looking to learn a lot and I think Kobe is because he's been told and and kind of understands Bulls need a point guard so watching those guys seeing what works you can Bank that away, put that in your in your treasure bank, whatever you want it, and remember it for later on. You because it's going to come up. That situation is going to come up for you, so you can use that in a game for yourself. But you have to be looking for that. I'm a center, so <laughs> I wasn't watching Michael Jordan yeah, and, and and Ron Harper and, and what they do. Because if I ever did that, Phil Jackson would look at me and go, "Sit down." <laughs> But I'm looking at, obviously, uh, other centers in the league, what they're doing, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, his hook shot. I wish I had a hook shot like he did. Uh, po- guys posting up. Even got big guys like Mark, Mark Eaton, how they take up space. They're so big, but they take up space. I need to take up more space. My game was different. So I actually looked at forwards a little bit more, running, spacing the floor a little bit better. I had a little bit of a jump shot. So yeah. Kobe... It has done that. And you can see he's doing a much better job now. Now he's got to work a little bit still on his decision-making. He had, what, five turnovers the other night. But honestly, for, for the most part, I, th- I think he's done a terrific job uh, running the offense. And I've seen things already. Chuck mentioned, you know, different offense where Kobe will have the ball and DeMar and Zach are off the ball screening for each other. Mm. And that's not that's something we haven't seen a whole lot of some in the past. Unselfish off the ball movement from yes. our two stars. Over some, there. some very, some very good stuff. So that's th- those are all things that are going to make this team better. If we can get everyone on this team playing for everyone else and not just taking turns offensively, then this could be a pretty good basketball team. And I think that's exactly what AK and Mark Eversley won. Right, continuity, getting the guys on the court consistently, so that that way they can build that rapport with one another. Chuck, I want to ask you, I mean, obviously you've covered a ton of NBA games in your day, so staying on the Kobe White topic, I mean, what what, what are the characteristics of a, of a top-tier point guard in this league, things that Kobe White, you know, needs to be leaning on this season? Okay, well, that, that's changed, Gabe, over the years. Mm. It's really changed now because you need shooters and scores at every position. It almost was when, when Bill played – you could get away if you had a starter, maybe a starter and a half, that maybe was not a top-level offensive player, but he added so much to the concept of a starting five. But now, the way the league has gone and the way this game is officiated, you've got to have players who can shoot the ball, score the ball. Okay, One thing about Kobe, Kobe wanted to be a starter. And he has earned that right to be a starter. Having said that, and he's been on scouting reports from day one when he came out of North Carolina as a rookie. But let me tell you what, teams now are really going to scout him. And I'm talking about when when they go over reports at shoot-around, 
they are going to make sure that Kobe White's name is mentioned more than once. Would you agree with that, Bill? Yeah, and absolutely. Listen. Yes. So I, I think, you know, the prototype of today's point guard, you still have to make players around you better. But now with these offenses where, for example, Jokic is the facilitator and Denver, you, I mean, he brings the ball over the eight-second line. Sometimes it's Jamal Murray, but more often than not, it's Jokic. And now you're seeing a lot of teams now where their point guard, quote-unquote, is being used as an off-the-ball guard in some sets, and then he's at the top of the circle for others. So, To Chuck's point, though, point guard has changed. Teams are getting up a lot more shots. You want to shoot more. So it's not... Like when I played, Ron Harper would bring the ball up, set us up in our offense, everybody get to your right spot, let's make the, the opening pass and everyone's going to react to it. Right. We're coming down, they're trying to get a they're, rebound. You put they're trying to get everything done in transition. Yeah, They want to score in, fa- in fast break baskets, and then they want to get something in transition, secondary, off that movement. It's, not, it's going to be rare, and, and hopefully very rare, that we actually see the Bulls pull out and have to run a set play other than an out-of-bounds play or – something that's that's happened where the ball has been stopped because you want to have that flow to the game going much faster. So your point guard doesn't have to be the traditional point guard. He can actually be a scorer yeah. and, a, and a creator for himself, but still keep everybody else involved. And it's hard to find that balance sometimes, right? Especially like Kobe, you're, you start off as a guy that, you know, you, hey, I can score. You know, I did this in college. You know, and then you got to be the facilitator. So, Alyssa, I'm, I'm curious what your thoughts are in terms of, of, of Kobe and, and finding – do, do you feel like him taking the reins as the point guard – is going to affect the shooting. You saw last night, one for seven from the three-point line. You know, because the question is the consistency and how well he can shoot that three ball. Do I think he's going to affect the shooting? No, do, do, do you think that him then focusing on being a point guard, a facilitator, right. is going to take away from his shooting ability? Because we just saw yet last night he shot one for seven. From I, the I don't think line. it'll take away from it at all. Um, I think it'll make him a stronger player, you know, on offense and defense. And and Billy Donovan even said, I think post game yesterday, that they need to get back to their defensive roots that they really had last year. What were they top five in defensive rankings last year? So even through these first few games preseason, um, kind of lacking on defense. So ho- hopefully Kobe can help on on both ends there. Yeah, and that's a question I want to ask on the other side is, you know, how how do you balance that, right? I mean, because. The Bulls are still going to expect him to shoot at a high mark from the three-point line. Uh, but but the question is, how consistent can he be? We know he can shoot the ball at a high mark, but we know that you're going to get those games where he is one for seven. So the question I'm going to have on the other side is, you know, how often are we going to see that? And then we're also going to get an opportunity to talk about uh, Pat Will. Are you listening to the Bull Season Preview Show presented by BetMGM? Get the BetMGM app today. Now you're winning with the King of Sportsbook. Please bet responsibly. And we'll get to that on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez, Chuck Swirsky, Bill Wennington, and Alyssa Bergamini, the Bulls season preview show. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Well, I think, uh, you know, for this group, we wanted to get into playoffs. And example last year that once you get into playoffs, you know, there's there's an opportunity for a lot of teams. And it goes into matchups. It goes, you know, if you're healthy. So there's a lot of factors once you get into playoffs. So I think that... Let's get back to the Scores Bull Season Preview Special. And now your hosts, Chuck Swirsky, Bill Whittington, Alyssa Bergamini, and Gabe Ramirez on Sports Radio 670 The Score, official radio home of the Bulls, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Back at it again. Bull Season Preview Show. Gabe Ramirez along with the crew. Chuck Swirsky, Bill Whittington, Alyssa Bergamini. I've been saying your name right and telling people that's exactly how you say it. I like how you said it before, too. You gave it a little flair. You know, Got to get it a little... A little shine right here. Uh, but we just finished talking a little bit about Kobe White, and I do have my my question that I wanted to ask as we went to break. And it is about the level of consistency, not only with guys like like Kobe White, but just Patrick Williams as well, two, those two guys specifically, because we know what their ceiling can be. We've seen games where Kobe puts up over 30, where Pat Will is you know just a dominant force on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. But like when it comes to expectations for the fan base, like myself, when I'm watching these games, like how often, like how consistent are those games going to be? How often are we going to see those things? Is it going to be a, a 50-50 you never know? Or is this going to be this, the year where we say, okay, we're going to get more than not when it comes to those two? Bill? Well, <laughs> we, we've seen already from Patrick Williams, like he averaged 10 points, uh, what was it, four rebounds last year in preseason in less minutes. 11 points and three rebounds. So he's there. The consistency on the rebounds to me has to be there. I think defensively he's, he's showing that he can night in and night out do what he needs to do. Offensively, that's going to be there. I'd like to see him shoot a little bit better percentage more often. But his point production there, we, we, we know he can score. But that rebounding is going to have to be huge because there's going to be nights when Zach or DeMar or even Vooch are having big nights. They're, you know, they're, they're going to go for 30. He's got to find a way, rather than just sit on the outside, to get in, get some offensive rebounds, second chance, and defensively make sure that no one gets a second chance opportunity. And I think that's where he can really grow, is that making that defensive, uh, the rebounding a, a higher number, both defensively and offensively. Chuck, when you look at, at the three-point game, 
of Pat Will. Led the team in three-point percentage. We know he can shoot it at high mark. A lot of that was a result of him being open from drives from Zach or DeMar, you know, garnering or, excuse me, uh, warranting a double team in those moments. Is that something we can see, we, we should expect to continue to see, where, where Pat Will is going to be leading the team in, in, in three-point percentage? Well, again, he did that last year at 41%. Uh, by the way, again, when you listen to the games and – Oh, my bad. Yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. I'm all over the place right now. Gabe has, like, five different jobs, so we'll we'll, we'll give him that. I got you. I got you, Gabe. I I got here an hour ago when he was on the air working. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. I'm on TV at 10 o'clock, by the way. Bears Unleashed, Fox 32. Oh, oh, see? You can see me tonight at 10 o'clock. No, no, no. But you're right. Listen. Can I be your agent? (laughs) Please. Okay. I need Uh, more gigs. (laughs) (laughs) Well, listen, here's the story. I want to know. Because yesterday, Pat Will got a lot of touches early in the ball game. Now, he obviously struggled shooting the three, but he shot the ball. And they want him to shoot the ball if it's the right shot. You just don't come down and jack it up like Bill did during his place. <laughs> so here's the issue here. You've got Zach, and you got Damar, and you got Vooch. Okay? And now you got Kobe. So I'm thinking about, like, all right. In your brain, Bill, you're saying, well, I the, the team wants me to be aggressive and they want me to get in the flow of the offense, but I also have four guys who can score. And he should have that same mentality, that he can score as well. Right. So wh- how do you do this? Well, you have to navigate it, and that's part of the reason what we were talking about with the first question, Gabe, in preseason and what we put into that. And you got to figure it out let's call it a pecking order offensively. Where do I fit in? How do I fit in? There's always, there's got to be a one, a two, a three, a four, and a five offensively structured. Uh, you know, defense is the other end of the court. Same, some number. One guy's going to be our stopper. He's probably going to play the best player all the time. And we know who that's going to be with Patrick Williams night in, night out. Offensively, he's going to have to take his cues from what's going on. And again, we can't look at one game. Yes, he struggled shooting the ball last night. That's one game. And that's something that, I have to check myself on because, you know, we, we have a guy have a bad game or a great game, and it doesn't doesn't mean like, wow, he scored 25 tonight. That's not going to happen every today's night. today's NBA. That's not going to happen it, every night. <laughs> right. But it would be nice if he could or did, but we have to be realistic. So that's why you, you got to take chunks of games. You can't just take one game at a time. You can see mistakes that you made and hopefully correct them in a game, but you can't think that, wow, he makes that mistake all the time. Yeah. He, he made it once. He got beat. Or yeah. he missed five shots out of seven shots tonight. That's not normal. Let's see what happens over a, a period of time. And that's, as a player, what you have to do. Because we get down on Trust me, there's no one out there that's more upset than a player if you have a bad game, miss a shot, or you know something bad happens. The players, they know it. Right, it's them. But that, as a player, you got to understand, okay, that was one game. I, got, I know I'm better than this. I'm going to come back and, and make it better. And... Not dwell on it because that's when you start having issues. You know, you're overthinking things. Yeah, and it's tough, right, Alyssa? Because he's 22. You know, yes. we're talking about a 22 year old man here who, you know, I think about when you were 22, Alyssa, which I know was just a couple <laughs> years ago. Oh no, no, you no! Know? I wish. <laughs> uh, but what what do you think? You know, when you're looking at Pat, well, I mean, he has been in the league for 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 a good amount of time now. Uh, do you think we can still lean on age as an excuse uh, for for the growth and that we're looking for in a guy like Patrick Williams? There are so many young players now in the NBA. I mean, Julian Phillips is, what, 19? 
I don't know if it's an age thing, um, but he is playing alongside guys that have won championships. So I think if you're mimicking their game and, and just growing as himself, um, and I want to be the reporter here, so we keep bringing up the word aggressive, and I feel like everyone, when they're talking about Patrick Williams, he needs to be more aggressive. So this is what Billy Donovan said. He said, the perception of him not being aggressive, the thing that he's got to be better at is the moment of the decision of what to be aggressive with. When people say be aggressive, people think he just has to get the ball and drive to the basket. So that's not being aggressive. And that's something that when Billy Donovan said that, it it did kind of click for me as well because you think of that word and you think just the physicality of it, but it's more so him driving to the basket, making making those shots, um, being a quick decision maker. Yeah, being aggressive and knowing that he can make the right decision if he does get to the cup. I mean, because you saw him go the other day, go baseline, you know, throw one down, and he, we know he can do that. Hit the hit the shot off the glass from from short range, and and those are the things that they're going to expect from him. Absolutely, and to Melissa's point, to be aggressive in the oh, right situation. I got you. It's, okay. <laughs> I got it's okay. The first game, remember when <laughs> I when I called you? We have a new. Uh, I, I Bulls totally Bulls butchered Bulls your Bulls. last name. Welcome, Melissa. I said Wellington. I lost. Did like, I say Melissa? Yeah, but it's okay. I lost so much sleep over that. First time I called you said your Wellington, name. the street in Chicago. I was, ner- right? I was nervous. <laughs> That's right. Sorry. Hey, you know what? The first year, Bill called me Neil about a million okay. times. See, we're thinking of other things. It's, I'll yeah. be Melissa, whatever. Uh, no, Alyssa's point. No, you are he, an Alyssa, he, he, not a he, Melissa. Yes, absolutely. He's got to be aggressive in the right decisions. Like last night, there was a couple times he caught the ball and didn't shoot it right away. He ended up taking the shot. So we want to say, all right, he's being aggressive but he should have shot it when he first caught it. Catch and shoot, be ready to shoot. And those are the things I think Billy's talking about is knowing when to be aggre- really aggressive and when maybe, okay, make the pass and now a hard cut or pump fake and drive when it's appropriate. But just understanding each situation is going to be a little bit different and you have to be aggressive in that moment doing the right thing. And he did make a couple of terrific passes. Yes. Oh, he absolutely. I, 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 really, I do think he has grown and, he, and he's getting it. Oh, I thought you were going to say something. I was looking at you. Like, yeah, like you Gabe is still trying to look for Melissa. She's down the hall. That's great. We have I another mean, guest tonight. We do love we, – yes. we, 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 uh, we do enjoy seeing the growth of, of Pat Will. We do like his game. We do love the aggressiveness of it, as Billy Donovan mentioned, just you know, having some, some different moments of decision-making. But how do you – how do you – we talked about it a second ago, right? I mean – you're Pat Will. You're on the you're on the floor with guys that you know need the ball to thrive. Like, how do you get over that hump of saying, "Screw it, I'm still gonna get my shots up. I'm still gonna play my game," knowing that you know it's it's, it's a very sensitive situation on the court when you're playing with those three guys. Well, ego is a big part of the game. It's how you use that ego. Okay, every player that's in the NBA has an ego. They do. And that's one of the reasons they're an NBA player. And this goes back to when they're 10, 11 years old, when there's some separation now between, well, I mean, Bill, when did you realize that you were an NBA player? Your your storyline is different because you were a hockey player in Canada. Right. Probably junior year of college. I started university. (laughs) I started thinking. For a lot of kids uh, in the States who did not have a hockey, baseball, you know, football background, because no one plays two sports anymore, three sports, like in my generation where right. the best player in high school played three sports, either track and field, he played football, he played basketball, he played baseball, he did something for three sports, yeah. okay? 
But now, when there's a separation, kids know they're going to AAU ball at 11, 13 years old, 14 years old, and they, there's some separation mm-hmm. skill-wise. And now, all of a sudden, these coaches, D1 coaches, are looking at a 15-year-old kid. And I'm thinking to myself, all right, now, you, you've got a skill set, and how are you going to use this ego to better yourself but better other people? To me, that's the beauty of the basketball, to, to encourage, engage, inspire, and make other players better. That's what you should be doing. But, Bill, you're but, talking about, yeah. But, but the balance is you still have to make yourself better. Yes. And, but to your point, by making others better, you are making yourself better. Correct. Mm. Preach Ryan Poles talking about the defense and making <laughs> Justin know. Fields better. I see what you did there. You uh, think he's coming back, by the way, Fields? <laughs> oh, man. Don't get Gabe started yes on no. Bears. Don't get me in yeah, trouble. Yes no, I'd rather no. talk Bulls. <laughs> Is he coming back? Yeah, most certainly he's coming back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be a couple weeks. Justin Fields will play against No, I'm talking about 2024. Oh, it's in their best interest. I mean, they have him in a, under a rookie contract. Have him one more year. Let the, the rookie that comes in, you know, play on, play behind him. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. We'll talk about that off. I'll talk about that off the, off the air, though. We'll, just, we'll, we'll we'll get over there because it's, it's an interesting conversation about about Justin Fields. But another young man, just like we're talking about, Patrick Williams, Kobe White, a young team, Julian Phillips, as you mentioned, um, marrying the young with the old is always tricky uh, in the NBA, right? You have you heard Matthew Stafford saying, "Hey, I can't even you know identify with the young guys in the locker room anymore because of the music that they're playing." And in the NBA, I'm sure it's the same thing, but. I think the Bulls, especially their veterans, a guy like DeMar, really does a good job of embracing the young guys on the team, would you say? Uh, DeMar, go ahead. No. DeMar does a phenomenal job with that. And I think DeMar is, I don't want to say unique because I don't know enough of the other players, but I I really think he takes pride in helping the younger players and knowing the history of the game and explaining to them how important things are, not just the game itself, but how you conduct yourself on the floor, off the floor, and what you do. And I, I really marvel at him for taking on that. Because it's it's tough. Yeah. Because things are different today. Because, you know, you know, back when I was playing, everybody listened to Willie Nelson. <laughs> yeah, and there aren't a lot of mentors in the NBA right now, right, with a lot of the vets being moved on from. So what can you say, Alyssa? Like, why do you feel like that's so important for guys like a Julian Phillips? Last year we saw with Io to have that veteran presence there. What I don't think a lot of people know is that during the summer, players come – to L.A. where Jamar lives, and he puts him through these grueling workouts. And I don't think that is talked about enough enough, because that just shows how he is as a leader. He is spending his summer with his teammates, making sure that that they are better. And every time the players are asked, you know, how how was your summer and how were your workouts with Jamar? They're like, it was so (laughs) hard. Like, I would love to. He doesn't actually specify what his workouts are. But well, we see a little, bit of, a little bit of online. Well, yeah. You saw Dale and Terry kind of struggling see, a little This was the Kobe tree because DeMar would go and work out with Kobe Bryant at 4 a.m. in the morning, and they would work out, and they would then have breakfast, and they would have about a couple hours of downtime. Then they'd work out again, and then they would work out a third time. And and so I have the utmost respect for DeMar DeRozan. I think, he number one, he's had the Hall of Fame one day, and he is a Hall of Fame player. But what this man has done and taken the lead as a leader in that locker room, everyone in the NBA has the utmost respect for a man like DeMar DeRozan because he is a true individual who lives it, eats, eats it, breathes it in terms of leadership. Some, somebody that we are most certainly 
Uh, glad to have here with our Chicago Bulls. You're listening to the Bull Season Preview Show presented by Remy Martin. Team up for excellence. And joining us next, another Chicago Bull, former one. Will Purdue from NBC Sports Chicago hangs out with us next. It's Gabe Ramirez, Chuck Swirsky, Bill Wennington, Alyssa Bergamini. The Bull Season Preview Show right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. You're listening. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. To Four Seasons Heating, Air Conditioning, Plumbing, and Electric. Let's get back to the Scores Bull Season Preview Special. And now your hosts, Chuck Swirsky, Bill Whittington, Alyssa Bergamini, and Gabe Ramirez on Sports Radio 670 The Score, official radio home of the Bulls, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Talking all things Bulls till 9 p.m. here on 670 The Score, broadcasting live. From the Score Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. And now we get to chat with a former Bull. Joining us right now on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book, uh, former Chicago Bull and NBC Sports insider, Will Purdue. Will, what's going on? Thanks for joining us. Uh-oh. Yeah, Will, I think it's one of the better interviews Will has ever given us. <laughs> you know, I've been called Will Purdue a lot, so I can it answer for It happens all the time. And Will is called Bill Wennington a lot. I'm sure, you Will guys and Bill. I'm sure you guys get that a lot. We got him, Leo? That's all right. Give me a second. Just let me know when he's on, all right? And I'll keep chatting with these gentlemen right here. So, Bill Wennington. Who's taller, Will or Bill? Same height. Actually, I don't know. I might be a little shorter now with age. <laughs> but we were the same height back in the day. We were roommates, actually, when I first I came say, here for a guys, couple trips. When you guys played together... You know, what, what 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 was that like? I mean, obviously, you know, two seven-footers, you, you know what the task is, hack a shack, get the job done. How you guys? Uh, how'd you guys handle that during the season? Uh, we we did pretty well working together. Nice nice little tandem. Both have uh, similar games, a little bit different, but similar. So uh, it was a nice little tandem to have, have a guy out there. And plus, Will was great. I mean, I was my first year here and kind of helped me out, explain things to me a little bit, how it's done in Chicago. You guys ever play any, get into any one-on-one matches? Nah, not so much. Hmm. Not in practice. Not, not one on one. We'd scrimmage against right, each right, other right. and stuff and do that. But one on one, we didn't. You know. I would have rolled the ball out, been like, "Will, pick it up. Let's go right now. <laughs> Let's go right now." <laughs> uh, we can talk to him right now. Will Purdue from NBC Sports Chicago. Will, what's going on, man? Thanks for joining the show. 
Well, I appreciate it. Gabe. We can roll the ball out tomorrow if you're ready. <laughs> I, I'm ready for. I, I love playing basketball. You know, I'll just stay like shoot two, <laughs> two half court shots against you. No, so that's a different game. Play. Will could still play. Will's fit. <laughs> I'm not fit anymore. I just have to kick your ass. <laughs> yeah, okay. Oh my goodness. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> well, Six seven the score after dark. The lane, <laughs> um, and then by and then you'll take one shot and you'll be down and then you'll be out. Say, <laughs> so, hey, Will, uh, you can still dunk though, right? On a nine-foot goal, sure can. <laughs> Just lift the arm up. Just, but that's a, she, Will, that's when was the last time, seriously, you actually tried to dunk? I mean, you know, Bill, it's interesting. I don't. As I tell everybody, I don't. I mean, Bill, the last time I actually played was probably that media game. How? What was that? Like three years ago? Yep. Yes, that was the last where time we, I played. Where we ran up and down the floor, and uh-huh. and uh, I. I can honestly say I've you know been working with some high school kids here or there and run up and down the floor with them. I don't know if I'd call that playing, but I told people now that when I do play or make it look like I'm playing, I, I've switched roles now. I just run from three-point line to three-point line. I'm not rebounding. I'm not playing defense. I'm just shooting. 60%. Exactly. I always tell people that. You know, that at my age, I have friends that never want to play, and I'm like, guys, never 100%. You know, you got to find the percentage that you want to play at. But, Will – the Bulls will be playing at 100% next week when the season kicks off. And I'm curious as to your thoughts on this team, you know, what, what you've seen from the additions and what you think continuity is going to do for this squad heading into the upcoming season. Well, I was fortunate enough uh, watched three games on TV. Uh was at the uh, Toronto game, but also at the um, game last night against Minnesota. You know, I, I saw – where, you know, they were trying to play faster. Um, I think that that's one of the things, you, you, you know, Gabe, you mentioned continuity. So if this team's going to stay the same and the top seven players are the same over the last two seasons, and Billy said this in one of the uh, pre-practice comments or post-practice comments that, you know, they just – they went 42, 40 and 42 last year. So if they need different results, they have to play differently. And I think that this is, it's not just, hey, let's practice this a couple times. Let's play five preseason games and then we're ready to go. I think this is going to take a while for them to really, you know, insert this and stick with it because you're asking guys to kind of change their game a little bit, you know, most notably DeMar. And I think DeMar has probably been the one guy I've been surprised that's looked to push it more than anybody as far as get it up, get it out of his hands quick, find the open guy. So we've seen them in these five games play this way in spurts. So the question is how many games in a season, which I think the first 20 games will tell us exactly who this team is. I mean, I think they have the fifth hardest schedule up till December 15th. And so how many games will it take them to really get going to where they're truly playing downhill all four quarters of every game? And that's the biggest question to me. Yeah, we have a a lot of back-to-backs early. One thing I've never understood, and, and Bill and Will, you played on NBA championship teams, and normally in that case, the league wants to position these winning teams in a manner with the schedule where they can really showcase the best of the best. And that's never changed throughout the years. But I'm looking at the schedule, and I'm not whining or complaining because, as Larry Bird would say, 
every time he saw the schedule with the Pacers, 41 home, 41 road, thank you very much. But I, I, I don't get how the league can have the Bulls play Brooklyn on a Friday and then fly to Denver and play the Nuggets the following night. I don't, I don't get that. I mean, because to me, you've already played. You're getting on an airplane. Big deal you're picking up an hour going to mountain time. You, 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 you're looking at the altitude, number one. And secondly, you're running on fumes. And yet you have to go in to play the NBA champions. I don't understand this. I just don't get it. Well, I think there's also a game, Chuck, where I think they're like going from Dallas to Toronto or there's, there's it is kind of a weird travel schedule that they've got going on. But let me correct what I said before. They have the ninth hardest schedule between next Wednesday, the 25th of October through December 16th. I mean, you're playing right out of the shoot opening night, OKC, a team that you went 0-2 last year, who I think is better this year than last year. You got Chet Holmgren back. Yep. And then Toronto is always a tough matchup, you know. Then you got a young Pistons team with a new coach. You got at the Pacers. You're then then you're, you know, you're at Dallas. Um, it's it's one of those weird things that, as you just talked about, Chuck. You got at Dallas, then Brooklyn at home, then at Denver, but then Utah. The, like I said, the, the league did this team no favors. Well, no, period. because here here's I mean, I, and then we'll get off the soapbox now, and I'll turn it over to Bill and Melissa. Um, <laughs> that's a joke, but there, well, we, never mind. But, but here's the thing. So you send the team to Denver, but then they come home and they're playing Utah. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. It's a short flight from Denver to Salt Lake City. Wouldn't you think they would, they would like say to themselves, well, if the building is available and the jazz are around that area, even if we have to give the bulls two days off before a game, let them, because they just played a back-to-back. I don't get it, and that's all I'm going to say. Thank you. Well, I, I think that, you, Chuck, you've made it very clear. You don't get it. You obviously don't like it. No, I don't like it. Certainly doesn't like it. Because I think there are games where you lose because of the competition or you just don't play well, and then there are league losses. And I think the Denver game is a league loss if the Bulls lose that game. Well, you're you're right, but let's also be very honest. I thought one of the best games that this team played last year was at Denver. They they you know we all thought that that was a statement game and that was going to kind of change things. And you know, I think the biggest thing, if you want to take anything out of that game last year, is let's go back and watch how we played that game. You've re-signed Vucevic. so if you're going to bring him back, let's use him properly. And I thought that game against Denver. In Denver was his best game of the year against Joker. I, you know, Bill will tell you when you play an opponent. So when us as centers, in this case now, play Vucevic, I mean play uh, Joker, or we play Lopez, or back in our day when we were playing Shaq or Patrick Ewing, you better believe we were locked in, we were focused, and we were ready to play. But I think that's just a, that's just a kind of a, a snapshot of how not only do we need to play faster, Chuck, but I think we also need to play more through Vooch. And I, that's another thing I'll take from the preseason is, is that he was a little more in the high post, a little more on the elbows, running the offense through him. I mean, think about that play last night where 
the whole Minnesota team just thought that Booth was going to take it and pass it to the wing. But yet, because you got a veteran player in Caruso on the wing, he sees the defense pre-shifting. He cuts back door. Vucevic makes a hell of a pass, and he gets a wide-open layup. That's why I think that Vuce is a guy that should be a facilitator out top, much like Joker, because of his vision, but also his willingness to pass and find the open man. Um, I want to ask you, this is Alyssa, by the way. How are you doing? <laughs> you know, you have a distinct voice amongst <laughs> these three gentlemen. <laughs> you know, just needed to confirm. So we were talking before you got on about Patrick Williams and how he needs to show him being aggressive, but not necessarily physicality, shooting the ball and making those decisions. So through not only the first five preseason games, but now he's entering his fourth year, what do you think that we need to see from Patrick Williams for him to take that next step? Well, listen, I'm glad you brought that up because now, you know, shameless plug, we're actually doing our season preview show on Monday at 6.30 p.m. on um, – NBC Sports Chicago. It might actually be 6 p.m. I'm not new. I better check on that to make sure I'm not late. But one of the things that I've been talking about, our producer with Naomi, Naomi is, let's take Billy's definition of what he means as far as being aggressive, and it's not just about the physicality aspect, but we're going to show a play where P. Will grabs a rebound, okay, which he needs to do more of. He pushes it, and then he scores. The ball never touches anybody else's hands. He needs to do that more. Um, the mentality that Billy's talking about. I'll give you a perfect example. I'm sitting there watching the game last night, and there's a situation in the second half where the Bulls commit a foul, so Minnesota gets to shoot the free throws. And P. Will's already underneath the basket in the low block position. And he allows DeMar DeRozan to come up to him and push him out of the way and put him up on the third, their third block. He's got to have the mentality to look at DeMar and go, no, I'm bigger than you. I'm a better rebounder than you. You go to that third block because I should be here. This is where I should be. And I want to see P. Will play more like the, the Patrick Williams that played against Toronto with no Zach and no DeMar than the guy that seems to take the back seat to become all of a sudden the fourth option, maybe even the fifth option behind Kobe when DeMar and Zach and Vooch are all playing. But, but how does that happen? Long Bill and I were talking with Alyssa about this. How does that happen, though, Will? Well, I think that, first of all, Billy, you know, they're talking about how Craig is, is you know, encouraging him. DeMar is encouraging him. You know, Billy's encouraging him, but he's got to take it amongst himself. And it starts with, A, I think he needs to be a much more aggressive rebounder as far as going to the bat, to the putting himself in a position to rebound. Even last night, Chuck, against, you know, Minnesota, I saw him occasionally standing out on the perimeter and just watching. He's got to be in there grinding, you know. And then if he does get it, as Billy knows, you rip it through, you look down the floor. If there's nobody open ahead of you, then you put it on the deck and you attack. I don't think Billy's going to run out and call timeout and tell, you know, P. Will, no, you can't do that. He's going to actually encourage him. That's what we want. You yeah. know, now, if you could pass it ahead, pass it ahead. But at the same time, Bill, you remember, yep. Phil would come to us and be like, yo, I know you guys aren't really an option in the offense, but if you want to get more shots, go get some offensive rebounds. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. And I think that um, that's what we've been talking about, right? Like how Pat Will 
can get into that space. And, you know, entering his fourth season, you know, you got to get rid of that six-man mentality, right? At Florida State, being a six-man, coming in here, being a six-man, like, actually, like you were just saying a second ago, Will, like, tell, feeling confident enough to be able to speak to the other big three members of the Bulls and put themselves in, in a position to be their equal. Uh, one, one more question I got before we let you go. You know, I'm looking at Zach Levine this season, Will, and, and you know, last two years, only averaging, or not only, but averaging 24 points a game, a dip from 27, which was his highest. Should we expect a, 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 a point-per-game increase from, from Zach Levine this season, somewhere maybe closer to, to 30, especially if the Bulls want to find themselves, you know, at the top of the playing situation or out of it? Well, honestly, Gabe, I hope not. Because if, if, if he does, which I, 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 let, me, let me say this, I think he can easily average 30-plus a game. But if he does, that means that there's going to be a lack of ball movement. There's going to be a lot of isolation. You know, now, I think that the biggest thing that we haven't been talking about is the word sacrifice. I think that Zach's going to have to sacrifice some point production. DeMar's going to have to sacrifice some point production. And that's where we talk about now Patrick Williams comes in. That'll that's happen where... when you win, though, Will. No, you're exactly right, Chuck. You're exactly right. Because, but I also think, and Chuck, you, can know, you know this, Billy, you know this. We played on these teams. What did Phil Jackson do at the start of every game? That ball goes into me. That ball goes into Bill. That ball goes into Cartwright. Okay? This is how we work the game. These guys are going to get their touches. This is going to keep these guys activated. This is going to keep them focused on the defensive end of the floor. Because we know once you get to the fourth quarter, it's basically down to Michael, and it's down to Pip, and then everybody else accordingly if they happen to be open because there is a pecking order. This team gets into the fourth. It's going to be DeMar. It's going to be Zach. You know, the other guy's going to have to kind of pick and choose. So it's one of those things you got to kind of find a way, and that's where, you know, these guys, Chuck, really have to focus on you know, I, I got a bunch of notes here about the pace, the pace, the pace. This team can easily play up tempo. And I think Kobe has done an excellent job of really pushing the pace, getting the ball, getting it out of his hands. We've seen Zach with a lot of nice, easy dunks at the front of the, at the, front of the break because they've pushed the pace. The hard part is, and that you guys have been in the league long enough to know this, you know, you can't necessarily play that way for 48 minutes, but you sure in the hell can play play that way for three quarters because we know that the ball slows down and the pace slows down in the fourth quarter, and they're going to have to continually make a concerted effort to do that. And that, to me, if they can do that, it'll make this game so much easier for these guys, and then they won't have to try to grind games out on the offensive end of the floor. And that we'll be able to see firsthand. Will, appreciate you jumping on with us and giving us uh, some of your time. Make sure you check out uh, the NBC Sports season preview Monday. And Will will tweet out the exact time so that we can uh, make sure. (laughs) Well, I appreciate it. But this interview kind of reminds me when I'm listening on the radio to Chuck and Bill. Bill didn't get many words in. (laughs) There's a lot of us up here, guys. There's a lot of us up here. Hey, Will. Hey, last thing. I will say this. I know we got to go, but – I've been very fortunate to work with Chuck, and I count that as one of my many blessings. But we all know Chuck is a high-energy guy. And I'm doing the game last year, and we're kind of talking, and I turn around, and I hear this noise. 
And I look, and Chuck's guzzling a Red Bull, and I'm looking around going, this is the last guy that needs to be drinking a Red Bull. Well, let's set the record straight. It was a five-hour energy and not a Red Bull. Actually, I've never had a Red Bull. I apologize. That's all right. You know, we want to be accurate. That's why we're on 670, the score. We don't embellish. Um, But anyway, so uh, I know we're we're late on time. I really don't care. I, I do have Neither a question. Do I, if that's the case. I, I know. And Alex Coon is our engineer. Going, no, oh no, no, no. Leo Stoddard. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Leo. You look like Alex. So, um, but I do have a question. Um, yes. Like the two of you, yourself and Bill, where in your career, what year did either the light bulb go on or did you realize what was happening with your career? Because everyone says, well, he's a young player. He's 22. He's 24. He's this. He's that. When do you judge an NBA player on his career? What season or how many games? Well, I think, Chuck, it's unfortunately in our society now, Patrick Williams is being judged a lot differently than Kobe White because of where he was picked in the draft. He was a lottery pick. All right? He was the seventh pick everybody's kind of holding him to a different level of accountability than they are Kobe or they were, or maybe me because I was the 11th pick, you know, yeah, when but, I but, came well, out. Kobe was the seventh pick. Pat was the fourth. Right. So I apologize, but we've all seen bits and pieces. I mean, like the Minnesota game in the regular season and, you know, we've seen enough to where it's kind of like the teaser or a trailer for a movie. We know he has it in him. But the question is, he's playing with a lot of guys that need their ball in the hand, Chuck. So I don't know when that's going to happen. Um, for me, it took a little while because I can honestly say as I'm, I'm older, I was a little immature when I came in. You know, I was an only child. Uh, I had faced adversity, but not, you know, significant adversity in my life. And it took me a while to figure things out with this team. You know, I came into a, a – a veteran-laden team. They traded for Bill Cartwright. I didn't really play a lot. They also had Dave Corzine. And I don't want to say that stunted my growth, but that kind of stunted me mentally, too, because I also, you know, was battling some interior demons, but also battling with the coach. You know, and it took me a while to mature as a person, and I probably didn't really figure things out and really settle down until, you know, my fifth or sixth year, which was now into my second contract. And for for me, when I was drafted, uh, my coaches in Dallas told me, he said, you know, you're young. I was 22. He said, you're not going to reach your prime until you're 27, 28 years old. So it's going to take some time, especially because you're a big guy. So, and, and I had good, I in Dallas, I had good veterans that were helping me along. Brad Davis was huge. You've met Brad, and you know we have a, a special relationship. And it was good. But I actually went overseas before I came to Chicago. So I was... Uh, had to learn even more. But that was good for me because that actually gave me a chance to play a lot of minutes again and find the love of the game because I'd played in Sacramento the year before, and that was a tough year. Uh, That's got to be tough. And and I was playing a lot, but we lost a lot. We won one road game. But then you you eventually get to that that, that, that space that the coach was talking about, your late 20s, feeling like you find yourself. Mm -hmm. And and that's the question I think that Chuck is really asking, where we're, we're seeing a Pat Will at 22 we're coming to this finalization of what we think he is and who he can be. Right. And and we're seeing it, as Will said, we're seeing glimpses of it. And 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 that's good. So we're just hoping he gets as he gets older, it becomes more and more uh consistent. 
right, uh, I do care about my job. So, uh, <laughs> Will, I appreciate you, man. I know we'll, talk, we'll be talking during the season. I look forward to doing that. Have a great evening, okay? Your show's at 6.30 Monday, by the way. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much. I'll make sure I'm not late. No problem. You guys have a great evening. All right. Do the same. All right. More Bulls conversation on the other side. Where does this team stack up in the Eastern Conference? We'll discuss after the break. You're listening to the Bulls season preview show presented in part by Tasty Trade. Trade stocks, options, futures, and more. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. <laughs> 